Hey everyone, grace and peace to you all from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Today is Monday, June 8th, and this week might be one of the most important weeks on the Reality Daily yet. It's a week that we hope lives on as evergreen content. Content you can come back to month after month or year after year to continue to learn and practice the way of Jesus. Now, I've been wanting to do a week like this for a couple months, and the plan was to do a deep dive into a a series we did a couple years ago called Everyday Mystic. And the idea was to give you every day one of the five practices that um, we put out during that time. Our hope is this. Our hope is that everyone in our church spends uh, their morning or a time with God about 30 minutes a day with God, practicing union with God, cultivating intimacy with God, and then from that place going out into the world to work, our vocations, um, our callings, um, to do the work of renewal. But it all comes from this place of being with God. That's that's That was the hope. Now, in doing that, in setting up this whole week, we had this week set up for a while, um, our, our world caught fire, right? The, 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 the string of racial injustices hits us again, and there's protests going on all over our country and all over the world. And how do you even approach a subject like this that has to do with interiority, that has to do with time away from God, you know, time with God, like quiet serenity? How does this moment play into our current global moment of unrest, of anger and outrage, of injustice? Now, this is where this is beautiful. There is no better time to talk about spiritual practices than right now. What we need when we have these conversations around race in America is we need something that we talked about when we did our Gospel and Race series that we called racial stamina. Racial stamina is the ability to continue to have these conversations for a long period of time, as in years, as in probably the rest of our lives. If you are a person of color and that, that is listening right now, black or brown, um, you will have these conversations probably the rest of your life. Depending on what part of the country you live in or move to, you will have these conversations depending on who you come in contact with and where they grew up, family of origin stuff, culture, all this stuff. You will have these conversations probably forever, and so you need to develop stamina to continue to have them. If you are someone who is a part of dominant culture, or we would say, you know, white culture, uh, you need stamina as well. I keep hearing a lot. Uh, I, I've been getting you know messages asking, what do I do? How do I have these conversations with people who just don't see it? I'm tired. People who are uh, in dominant culture are already tired because they, they think, you know, I, I see the world a certain way and I want them to see the world the same way because um, we, we think it's important to not just uh, humanity, but important to the Christian faith. And my Christian friends, family don't see it. You know what you need is racial stamina. You need to be able to go the distance to continue to have these conversations and have them in a humble, kind, beautifully like grounded way for a long period of time. You need racial stamina as well. We all do. And which is why we've been talking about the last couple of weeks that this is a long game. This is a this is a, a marathon. It's not a sprint. This is a flare-up that we're having right now, and I hope that things change. I hope that there is all kinds of ways that our country changes, all kinds of ways that our churches. I've seen pastors 
talk about this publicly who have never talked about this publicly before. I'm just rejoicing in that. And I know it's a long game. I know this is a flare-up that will subside in a matter of weeks or months. And then we all go back to, in the liturgical calendar, we call it normal time. But these conversations still need to happen. And how do we do that? Well, we need spiritual practices to sustain a life of renewal, whatever renewal work, whatever justice work, especially the work of racial reconciliation. So we need racial stamina, and we need to have a long view. Now, how do we do that? Uh, I read a book last year called How to Do Nothing. It's by Jenny O'Dell. And in this book, she calls herself uh, kind of the garden variety California atheist, though she does have a, talks about having a very meaningful conversation with a devout Christian in this book. But basically the book is this. Uh, the book talks about how to remove yourself, almost Sabbath yourself from uh, where our culture thinks you derive value from. So she talks about how most of us being online, uh, checking news, checking Instagram, checking Twitter, engaging, doing all this, the echo chambers, the retweets, all of this, act, your, your, our value, the reason why those companies are so valuable because we're on them using them. The reason why uh, our, val- our value seems to like derive from how meaningful we're having these conversations digitally. And she says, as an activist, to remove yourself from these places, to ground yourself in reality. And she ca- talks about how she gets grounded in reality at a, at a rose garden in Oakland, where she knows what's real. That, that rose that she's looking at is real. And the conversations she has online are not real because they're not real. We're dealing with someone's uh, cold words that come through us through a screen. We're not dealing with a porous, lumpy human who's sitting in front of us who has a scent, right? And has facial expressions and a heart and warmth. We're dealing with their cold words. And so to detox ourselves, to, to remove ourselves, to do nothing, and from this place of doing nothing, to then continue in our activism. So it's a book of, for activists. And she actually says that uh, self-care, the self-care movement came out of the activism activist culture um, to sustain a lifelong uh, view of activism, but it's been hijacked by companies like Goop, who uh, want to use self-care as a way to sell expensive bath oils, which, you know, dig, it's really good. Anyway, um, she says this in her book. She says, I want to be clear that I'm not actually encouraging anyone to stop doing things completely. In fact, I think that doing nothing in the sense of refusing productivity and stopping to listen entails an active process of listening that seeks out the effects of racial, environmental, and economic injustice and brings about real change. I consider, quote, doing nothing both as a kind of deep programming device as sustenance for those feeling too disassembled to act meaningfully. End quote. Now, I love that quote because she she's getting at the fact of I think she's backing into what I would call spiritual practices. Spiritual practices are ways that we daily deprogram ourselves from the news cycle, from social media to reconnect and practice our union with the ultimate, with God, and practice that to where we see ultimate reality because Jesus is reality and then move into our renewal work. We move into our activism. And so I think it's really important if we are going to sustain a, a lifelong pursuit of renewal work that we ground ourselves in the spiritual practices. We need them. 
on Friday, um, Rich Velotis talked about how uh, to do the work of, of activism, to do the work of renewal, racial reconciliation, you have to Sabbath. And so on Friday, we'll be talking about Sabbath and I'll be walking through how we, I, uh, our family Sabbaths every week. And, and, um, and we're, we're going to be talking about how to practice uh, fasting. We'll be doing a, a church-wide fast on Wednesday and how fasting reorients our appetites, our desires, uh, through food, because sometimes we move to coping mechanisms. We uh, we go to substances or overeating or undereating or whatever it is, shopping online, whatever, as a way of coping with our stress. And fasting has a way of uh, learning how to, teaching ourselves how to deny ourselves and live into self-control so that we're obeying God and not the not the the instincts of our of our of our human nature of our flesh, which are really important, especially if you're dealing with people online. We'll be also talking about lectio divina, which is the art of meditating on scripture slowly. See that the, the thing here's the th- here's the thing with that's going on in our world right now. Um, there's a distortion of reality. You have everything from media that distorts reality. It's true, media does distort reality. News does distort it is a point of view and then you have rants on facebook and rants on twitter that are also distorting reality you have everyone especially politically trying to distort reality how do you know what's real well every day or once a week or however you want to do it spending time in lectio divina getting the 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 truest truth the real mainlined into your heart and mind, sitting with the scriptures, meditating on them, turning them over and over and over in your mind, in your heart, like like you would turn over a really good piece of chocolate in your mouth, doing that with the scriptures to where you, 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 you sense and hear God speaking to you directly. That is so important in this work. We'll also be doing the prayer of examine. The prayer of examine is a prayer where you examine examination of consciousness, examining your own heart and your own mind and things that you said and you did. For example, yesterday I was on Twitter and one of my friends, uh, a friend of mine reposted something, uh, um, someone from the South, I forget his name. <clears throat> I don't even know where he's from, but uh, the headline was like, um, uh, Black Lives Matter equals all life, or Black Lives Matter and all lives matter, something like that. And there's someone from the South doing it, and I immediately, I immediately knew exactly what this guy was going to say. He's from the South, and he was a Southern-looking guy and Southern accent, and he was looked like he was in a the a pickup truck. I'm like, 100% know what this guy's going to say. And he gets on, he starts talking about how, you know, you hear... Black lives matter equal all lives matter. Well, let me tell you, you know, there's a parable that Jesus used of uh, leaving the 99 and going after the one. Do all the 99 matter? Yes, but there's one specific one that's in danger. And that's exactly our current moment with black lives. And I was like, oh my gosh, like my, my prejudice was completely confronted. I saw that going completely differently in my mind. Examination of consciousness examines the prejudice that I have when I, I kind of, I have, everyone lives with prejudice. And I, I judged this man before I even, even heard what he said because of where he was from. And I had to confront that in my own heart. And even wrote back, like, I repent. And I just completely saw it going differently. What examine, prayer of examine does is it, 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 it uh, you go through your day and you challenge all your motives for how you acted, 
Were you with God in this action? Were you not with God? When did you get angry? What is God teaching you through that? And you do this every day. And, I, and when I talk with people who are a part of this conversation, uh, racial racial reconciliation over a long period of time, examination of conscience is an important discipline. So we'll be going through that as well. Um, and then today, I'm going to lead us through a Jesus prayer, which I think is uh, one of the most important prayers to pray regularly. Um it's a breathing prayer as well, so it helps center your breath. Uh, this is a breathing prayer practiced by mystics. Uh, the prayer goes like this. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. So take a deep breath in and pray, Lord Jesus, Son of God. Hold the breath, breathe it out, have mercy on me. A sinner. Breathe in. Lord Jesus, Son of God, breathe out. Have mercy on me, a sinner. You do that over and over again. I will do this for minutes. Sometimes I will do it while going through the rosary, the rosary beads. I don't pray the rosary, but I'll use the rosary beads to pray this prayer through the whole rosary as a breathing exercise and a centering prayer. And of course, it's based on Luke chapter 18, where there is a Pharisee, a religious ruler, and a sinner, both in the temple. And the religious person says, thank you, God, that I'm not like those right-wing freaks, fanatics, those left, those left-wing destroyers of culture. Or whatever, you know, you, you can choose your side. He said, thank you that I'm not like them, those other people. And then the sinner, of course, says, he doesn't even look up to God. He just beats his chest, looks down and says, Lord Jesus, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And Jesus says, that man who says that prayer goes away forgiven, not the other man. See, and this is, this is why this prayer is so important. We think that the sin is out there, where oftentimes the sin's in here. And, our, and it starts with our own heart, confronting our own biases, confronting our own ways that we are not aligned with uh, with the will of God, the kingdom of God, and we just have to say ourselves, Lord Jesus, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And we do that while breathing, while reminding ourselves that we're human, that we're frail, and enter into this conversation with tons and tons of humility and offering the other tons and tons of grace. Peace be with you.